Ooh, welcome everyone to the BetUS NBA Pick Show. It is Friday, which means I'm talking to my boy Shark Jr. Always uh, fun here on a Friday talking the association. Last night for me, I, I learned. Hey, once the Sixers get rid of uh, get rid of Embiid and Maxi, look out! Here they come. <laughs> uh, very weird game there out in Utah. But man, we got so many games to pick, so many games to break down. Shark, how are we feeling? Yeah, feeling great. Got the hat on this Friday. We, as we always say, Fridays are for freedom. We hope everybody's getting off work, ready to have a great weekend with us. Huge card today, Sean. You said it last night. Just the insanity of star removal theory in the NBA. Great, no yeah. LeBron, bro, no LeBron, no AD, outright win by double digits. And and Maxi comes in, and Maxi just balled out career game, 51 points. And I'm sure as a fan you were thrilled with it, but not as a handicapper. So it's always like that, but we got, I think, more fluidity today, hopefully. Junior's in the house. Let's get in there. Yes, and I... I, I... Maxi did play and had a an amazing game. I, my head was all wrapped up around Embiid and his uh, his knee being so bad. Um, but yeah, I didn't I didn't think Maxi was going to play. Um, th- that's I you know that was part of the handicap. And then the Lakers that was uh, I mean that was crazy right that uh, the Celtics who hadn't lost a game at home uh, until recently lose to a AD and LeBronless Lakers. Just a very wild Thursday night in the Association Junior. How are we doing? Uh, the Celtics deserved every piece of that loss. I'm just going to start with that. If you're going to shoot 48 threes and seven free throws at home, you deserve to fucking lose. Excuse my language. Get, <laughs> get out of here with that garbage. That's garbage basketball. I'm sorry to tell you that. I can't stand watching that nonsense. They just thought they were going to show up, make some threes and go home. And they got what they deserved. That's exactly what happened in that game. Yeah. Ultimate star removal theory. You bring in some guys who are probably dying to touch the ball all season. And uh, you know, uh, they went off. <laughs> it's, it's always fun to see the Celtics lose as a Sixers fan. All right. Uh, we'll get to the record books and then hop right into the picks. Cause we got a bunch of games on our card. And of course, your questions. A shout out to you, the chat, the real MVPs. Appreciate everyone already firing up in the chat. The thumbs up, the subscribe, telling a friend. It all goes a long way. Uh, yeah, right now, 32 games above 500. We've been, we've been floating around this like 30, 35. Uh, I feel like, uh, you know, much like in the NBA itself, we got a nice run coming up. So let's uh, get to it. First up, we got the uh, LA Clippers at the Detroit Pistons. Right now, Clippers laying 11 and a half, Pistons plus 475, total sitting at 237 and a half. I've been trying to avoid going, uh, you know, laying double digits with some of these teams, but uh, man, I almost pulled the, the, uh, the trigger on the Clippers. I guess I was slightly worried about them looking past the Pistons. Although junior, I'm looking at what you did and, and I think that's actually probably the best way to attack it. What do you got here for Clippers Pistons? Yeah, I got uh, over team total for the Clippers over 124 and a half. Um, the Pistons in their uh, 20 home games have allowed over 124 and a half nine times. So basically half of their home games, right? Uh, the Clippers have been the best team in the NBA for, what, a good month now? Um, they have the best record in the league in the month of January. Uh, and they're scoring right around that many points. So all I'm asking them to do is be average. I think you guys, uh, Sean, you nailed, nailed it right on the head. It's just too many points to lay for a Pistons team that's starting to figure things yeah. out. They're not they're not winning games, but they're also not getting blown out like they were. 
Unfortunately for them, during this same span where they've gotten better, their defense, they just still haven't figured that part of it out. And because their offense is still bad, they're just losing by less. They're not winning games, right? So uh, all of that being said, I don't feel comfortable laying this many points on the road with any team, especially not against an improving team, a young team that's always going to keep trying hard. Uh, if, if, if there's anything you can say about Detroit, they haven't given up in terms of effort. It's, it's a lack of talent. Like a Charlotte's coach said the other night, we'll get to that later. Um, but all of that being said, uh, give me the, the Clippers team total over 124 and a half. I'm just asking them to be average. Yeah. I mean, some of these guys on the Pistons probably grew up watching uh, some of these, uh, Clippers guys are going up against and I think they, this might be a little, uh, get up spot for them, which could help them on the offensive. But I mean, they, they're pretty outmatched uh, on the defensive side. So Clippers putting it on points wise and maybe, maybe getting backdoored either way. You don't have to worry about it. Shark, how say you Clippers Pistons? Yeah, I think junior said it, but I think the side in this game, if I had to sprinkle would actually be Detroit, I think this game's going to fall inside of 10 points. And, you know, I was looking at it last night and I, <clears throat> this comes back to this conversation we constantly have. Look at the flat record and then look at the ATS record. And it's bizarrely going to the zero or 100 polarization. The team is six and 41 straight up. They're eight and one ATS last night. I mean, this is almost a clean sheet they're running and they're covering against some of the best teams in the league. And um, the same thing against the West one and eight ATS at home to start three and oh last three. And you go back to last year, slightly different rosters, but Detroit competed very closely against the Clippers last year. Five-point loss in L.A. cover. Didn't cover at home, but it was an egregious one in overtime. They lost by 11 uh, in overtime on a plus eight, which is one of the worst backdoors you will ever see in the sport. So in my grading, I think that if you guys want to bet on this game, take Detroit here. I think this game is under 10 points uh, at final margin. Mm. Good case uh, making there for Detroit. Glad I glad I laid off. Uh, Junior, lock it up for him. Clippers team total over one twenty four and a half. Next up, we got the Miami Heat at home, or sorry, at Washington, uh, where the Wizards are eight point home dogs. Heat laying the big number here. Uh, Wizards plus two seventy five on the money line. Total sitting at two twenty seven and a half. Uh, you know, usually I'm just an auto fade on the wizards. Uh, I can't really, um, talk myself into taking them in most situations. Although the seat team has, you know, had some struggles as of late. I don't know. Shark is this, is this number uh, too high for the heat or do you think it's uh, just right here? Yeah, you said it struggles of late, but top play on the early card for me here. Buy hat engaged. Love this print. Love this team and love buying them off of horrible clusters. And yeah. they were 0-7 straight up in ATS over their previous seven. Just got off the schneid on Wednesday night against Sacramento. A real impressive one. I believe it was um, – I forget what it was. Like Junior Noops was talking about they have to play good defense when they win, and they did. They held the Kings to 106. And if they start to get on brand like that and really start to integrate Terry Rozier – this team is going to go on a streak, and they've been streaking all year. If you really go down their calendar, they're not really at least this zigzag team, win one, lose one. They get on runs, good and bad. I think they're about to go on another run. And I think if you look at Washington, within this matchup here in the division, Washington actually covered a game November 3rd in Miami in the in-season tournament. The line there was Miami minus eight, and you're seeing the same line on the road. And I like to talk about this because, in theory, there should be an adjustment for home court advantage 
for Washington if they were expected to perform to cover again. This is a very strong road number for Miami. And if you look at that that non-cover, uh, the final score was 121 to 114 on the eight. Miami was up 25 points in the middle of the fourth quarter and completely melted the spread on a last-second three ball by a guy named Ryan Rollins. I had to look him up. So it was just a brutal non-cover. And final point on the game, Washington has significant road-to-home polarization. Washington is performing great on the road. Uh, they're 5-0 ATS last five on the road, 8-3 and last 11. In that same window at home, they're not performing well. 2-6 and ATS last eight at home. They've taken margin non-covers on this type of number all year against the Eastern top teams, Boston, New York, Milwaukee, Orlando, and some Western teams too. This is where Miami should turn up. Great number, strong spot Friday night. By hat, Miami minus eight, one unit. Let's go. Yeah, it is weird. Both the Wizards and the Heat share that uh, trend oftentimes where they're better on the road uh, than they are at home. So interesting that they're meeting up here. Junior, anything to toss in on Wizards and Heat? No, I can't get, go anywhere near Miami right now. I would actually probably take the under 118 team total. I'd fade their offense because it's just not good. Um, it will get better, I'm sure, as Rogier gets more comfortable. Uh, they've only scored over 118 points twice in the last six weeks. So um, it, it's been a real struggle for them to put points on the board. Uh, and I feel like this Washington team has been a little frisky lately. They're not getting blown out the way that they were similar uh, to the Grizzlies. So, um, yeah, I, I kind of – I just don't have – I don't see an advantage personally. So I'm, I'm it's a stay away for me. Uh, so log it up for Shark on the Miami Heat minus eight. And uh, shout out to the Golden Eagle in the chat gifting 20 uh, subscriptions. This guy is really uh, – I mean, if only uh, if only your bookies were so generous, just tossing out free free subscriptions left and right. Shout out to you. Uh, it was – I always mess it up. Is it gold? Uh, gold Eagle, gold Eagle. Okay. I want to call it golden Eagle, gold Eagle, gold Eagle. Uh, tell us why you're where you got that name. Gold Eagle 99 sounds, sounds like almost, uh, someone in like a, a James Bond movie. I like it. I'm on, I'm on board, but I, I want to know the backstory. Uh, all right. Next up, we got the Phoenix suns playing the Atlanta Hawks right now. Phoenix suns laying three and a half, uh, Hawks the other way, plus plus one twenty five. A total sitting at 249. Uh, man, I, I mean, you know, Phoenix is interesting team. If you look at their total ATS, it's pretty bad. But that that a lot of that was just how bad they were early on in the season. And, you know, like Shark always likes to talk, there's there's gonna be some regression. I don't know when this Hawks regression is gonna come. It's gonna come at some point. Maybe I'm playing with fire, but I like the Suns uh, laying the three and a half here. I just, I mean, the Suns team offensively is really uh, going to be tough for a lot of teams to slow down. So unless it's like a really bad situation spot or someone with an amazing defense, I think I got to be on the Suns. Suns have won eight of their last eleven. Hawks four and seven in their last eleven. Um, yeah, I mean, it's just it's pretty. It's the handicap is pretty simple. Booker, Beal, Durant. Uh, let's go. And you know, the Hawks have had a sub 500 record straight up at home. So I, I don't know. This is a non-conference spot for the Hawks. They've struggled to close teams out. I think they're going to struggle again here. So yeah, give me the Suns laying three and a half. Uh, uh, sorry, uh, junior. How say you? 
agree with everything you just said. I have the Suns on the money line for one specific point you just made. Um, their ATS record leaves a lot to be desired. That being said, uh, most of that was without this current lineup. So I feel pretty comfortable with them winning this game straight up. Atlanta, uh, in their last five games, are allowing their opponents to score 130 points per game, which is insane. Um, this Phoenix team, the way that their two all-stars are rolling with uh, Booker and Durant looking amazing, uh, I can see them getting upwards of 130. Uh, I'm not going to say easily because that's still a, a pretty big amount of points. Uh, but I don't see them scoring less than 125. I was actually going to get involved in their team total. Uh, it's just a bit high. Um, I do feel much more comfortable with them just winning outright. Uh, their team total, I believe, is like 126 and a half. It's a big number. Um, so all of that said, I've got Phoenix parlayed with Minnesota on the money line pays a buck 23 on bet at betus.com. Actually, that's probably moved a bit though, because I took Phoenix at minus 145 and I'm looking on BetUS and it's already moved to 155. So it probably pays about 115 ish. Shark, how say you? Suns, Wolves, or sorry, not Suns, Wolves, uh, Suns, uh, Hawks. Yeah, Suns Wolves might be a better game on the card. Sean, a little fortuitous projection in his mind here. But, uh, you know, I do think that this game does take on a merge. As you mentioned, both teams have been lackluster against the spread, and both teams are improving. So I see our guys in the chat on the Hawks, and I think they're probably looking at that angle. That The Hawks have just a huge buy-low element to them. But I do think Phoenix is the correct side in this matchup for one really specific point. Atlanta has actually owned Phoenix over the last season and a half. Last year in Phoenix, Atlanta beat them by 32 points and then came home and beat Phoenix again by nine. Here's the key point in terms of the line. I saw somebody say, is this a trap? Seven years ago, I would have looked at tonight's game and I would have looked at the flat records and I would have said this is a short line based on the records. When I created something called line functionality, it's looking at past lines and matchups to understand where books are moving it on a long-term grid. This is actually a very heavy Phoenix line because last year in Atlanta, Atlanta was actually favored by four points. So you win by nine in your home gym, minus four, and books move it all the way over seven and a half points to Phoenix. They're actually telling you Phoenix is supposed to win this game tonight by eight to ten points. So I totally agree with you guys. I didn't get there yet. Uh, I did some content for a couple other angles, and I, I said I like Phoenix, so I'm right there with you guys. Go Phoenix. So I'm officially on the Suns, laying the number, uh, minus three and a half, lock that up for me. Junior likes the Suns' money line, uh, possibly in a parlay uh, with more of that coming up. Uh, we got the Toronto Raptors. We uh, squaring off against the Houston Rockets in Houston right now. Rockets lay in four and a half. Uh, Raptors plus one fifty on the money line. Uh, total sitting here at two thirty. Yeah, my my first instinct would be probably to take the Rockets. Although I don't know, they've been, they've been up and down a little bit. Raptors again, hard team to handicap. I like them at home, uh, not as much on the road. And and one what I mean, I guess the biggest reason I can't trust the Raptors as a dog is it's it's uh, it's honestly kind of tough to trust their offense right now. Don't really believe much in this Raptors offense, especially on the road. But uh, how say you, Junior, here on uh, Raptors Rockets? 
Sean, you're giving me these perfect segues. The Raptors <laughs> offense is absolute garbage. Um, they scored 118 points against the Bulls in their win the other day, a shock win, as uh, my brother Shark would say, a statistical outlier. Uh, they shot 52% from the field, 48% from three. Uh, and why I say it was a statistical outlier, yeah, obviously we know the Raptors shooting is going to regress because that nobody shoots that well in the league, really, right? Um, the Bulls lost that game while shooting 50%. So the Bulls did everything in their power to give that game away. Uh, I don't think Toronto can obviously keep up that level of offense, especially not against a top five defense in the Rockets, which they've been from beginning to uh, to today, right? From the beginning of the season till now, their defense has not fluctuated. They have been top five the entire time. And I mentioned this the last time I capped the Rockets, and I'll mention it again. The Rockets are the number one transition defense in the NBA, and it's not even close. They're by far and away the best at that number, and the Raptors just happen to run the most in the league. That's the only way that they can actually score points because their half-court half offense is horrendous. So you got no R.J. Barrett, no Quickly, no Jakob Pertl, who is the only big body on that roster that can handle Shangun. Now you're asking Precious Anchoa, uh, who played... No, sorry, Precious Anchoa plays for the Knicks now. You're asking um, Boucher to handle a big body like Shangun, which is not nowhere close to his wheelhouse. Everything that the Raptors do well, the Rockets stop, or at least are good at stopping. So give me the Raptors' team total under 113. Yeah, I love it. I mean, the Rockets defense at home against this Raptors offense on the road kind of feels like a perfect combination. And every time I hear Boucher, I, I can't help but think of uh, the water. Bobby. Bobby Boucher. Mama said that alligator is angry because they got all them teeth and no no toothbrush. That movie, uh, I mean, Lawrence Taylor's cameo in that movie. Uh, LT L- plays. Always hilarious. Um, oh man, I gotta watch that movie. Shark, any uh, any thoughts here? Raptors, Rockets, and shout out to the chat. Uh, celebrating Shark on his uh, last uh, your last game breakdown. I feel like you went full full professor mode in your element uh, with line functionality. I feel like I was listening uh, to a doctoral thesis, just nailing some uh, points here. <laughs> well, what do you what do you like in this uh, Raptors Rockets game? Well, speaking of line functionality, line is all over Houston here. If you go back to last year, um, Toronto was a heavy favorite twice. And this is the key point about this model. It integrates all the roster changeover into the line. So you see where the gaps come. Last year, Toronto was minus eight at home and minus five and a half in Houston. And they covered in Houston 117 to 111. So I think on Junior's under, like I talked about yesterday with Noops' under on one of the sides, you saw totals last year way over the number, and it's coming down. So I think Junior's definitely on the right side here, expecting less points tonight from the Raptors. But again, the key point there is Toronto was minus 5.5 in this spot basically one calendar year ago. It was actually February 3rd, 2023. And now Houston's minus 5. So that's a 10.5-point gap. And that does suggest Houston by margin tonight. And we all know this. Houston is a much better ATS team at home. They struggle on the road. And I think Toronto might be a little too hot right now. Uh, Toronto is on the third game of a six-game trip. And they are 2-0 ATS on the trip off a big win in Chicago in their previous game, now going to the West. Just a bad spot for Toronto. If I had to sprinkle here, I would lean towards the Houston side. And I do think Junior is on the right side with the team total under as well. So lag it up for Junior on the Raptors team total under 113.
Uh, next up, we got the Golden State Warriors heading to the East Coast, even though uh, Memphis, oh, you could do a whole thing on that. But uh, Grizzlies are eight point home dogs over on Bet US. Right now, they're also plus 270 on the money line, total sitting at 224 and a half. <clears throat> Excuse me there. Um, I, I, I'm going to hop in here and just uh, push in on the Warriors. Now, last night when I put in uh, the pick, it was five and a half, two and a half points of line movement. Probably not. Uh, if you're if you're basing it, everything on CLV, uh, probably not the best price here. But I still love this situation for the Warriors. Not scared to uh, lay the eight here. This is a tough spot for the Grizzlies. It's a back to back spot. Um you know, I certainly don't uh, have every uh, have full understanding of why it's moved that much. I'm guessing maybe some of these grizzly uh, guys are going to sit or maybe got banged up a little bit. And that news hasn't become public yet. If I had to guess uh, Memphis in general is still really, really banged up. I mean, hats off to them. They are playing, you know, pretty good ball considering all the injuries, but I think this is the, the ultimate get right spot for this warriors team. I've, I've picked a few uh, of these get right spots for the Warriors so far this season. And some of them have where they've gotten right and then immediately go wrong again. Um, but I think they got some confidence back with the win over the Sixers, even though Embiid did get knocked out of that game. Um, I, I think Steve Kerr is the much better coach and you know, they have a decent amount of rest. They didn't play last time they played was Tuesday. I think a well-rested dialed in golden state team is the play here, even though um, it's in Memphis and they are scrappy as home dogs. I understand the concern, but I'm, I'm still rocking with the warriors laying the eight shark. How say you warriors Grizz? I think everything you said is, is completely accurate. I mean, this has to be a golden state spot. You have a third and four back to back for the Grizzlies. Their roster is really, I mean, questionable to say the least, but they have been playing so far out of their pay grade over the last week and a half. And I was going through this last night. Pretty crazy stuff, actually. If you go back through this matchup the last couple seasons, the favorite is actually 0-5 ATS last five in this matchup, which is historically just hard to find. Because what it means is the books have no idea what's going on. Because when the books are setting lines with strength towards one team and that team continues to lose, it means they're clueless. And speaking of clueless... Golden State is actually 0-6, last six, ATS against Memphis, and they've been abysmal in the grindhouse. I believe they've lost four straight at Memphis. So you get all these by-low elements, not only within the season, but against Memphis just in this window of time. And I will say this. We were talking about this off the air, and I was saying I think Miami and Golden State are very similar prototypes of teams, older teams, Teams that have gone to the finals and obviously won the finals on the Warriors' side years in the past, these are not teams that bring it 82 games in a row. So they have these lows, and then they turn up, and they have such a higher quality than people think because people tend to get obsessed with recent history being the definition of a team. And I was watching the Dubs the other night. Steph Curry had a, an interview after the game when they beat Philadelphia. And it was a really authentic interview where he said, you know, we've had a lot of crap going on. You know, the Draymond situation disrupted us. CP3 getting hurt. So many different rotations. Jonathan Kaminga is now playing better ball than he's been playing his entire yeah. career. And you could just sense Steph, you know, the, the elder statesman Steph all of a sudden here at 36 years old or wherever he is, just really <laughs> sensing that, 
you know, it's okay. You know, we, we, had, we, we played half a season with tons of turmoil. It'll be all right. And we're going to get into our flow. So, Sean, like, as you said, you're a gut handicapper. You want to feel the team. I think you should be feeling the Warriors right now. I think the vibes are turning up on this group. And I think you're probably on the right side here tonight. Dub City, let's go. I see Noops in the chat playing his favorite game. Uh, is Trey Jameson uh, a player on the Grizzlies or a name I made up? Junior, I'll let you answer that trivia question from Noops here. He made it up. Uh, there is nobody <laughs> named Trey Jameson that I know of. I'm about to go look it up because now I'm intrigued, but no. It sounds and like it, somebody- he's the last man off the bench on this new group, actually. Oh, he is. is he really? Oh, so he must have yeah. just got called up from the G League because he doesn't <laughs> yeah. play. Uh, does, so my, uh, my username for uh, NBA 2K back in the day. It's like <laughs> I'm drinking Jameson and I'm shooting threes. All right, Trey Jameson. <laughs> That's amazing. Um, no, I'm gonna keep this really brief because um, I don't want to rain on anyone's parade. And I got uh, Memphis plus seven and a half, but that's just a blind play on the number. I yeah. just don't believe that. Golden State's seven and a half points better than anyone on the road right now. And uh, the Grizzlies don't really have any rivals since the old grit and grind days. So this is like the closest thing to a rival they kind of have. So I could see them kind of being the crowd being excited and and whatnot. These young guys have been playing well. So I'm just blindly playing the number because I just think it's just a little too high. Uh, It's not an official on the show, though. So I'm not trying to confuse anyone. It's just me personally. I did that super early this morning. No, I mean, uh, if you're if you're kind of like uh, if you if you lean into the market stuff, I cannot justify this minus eight. Um, but I'll stay with it. Give me Golden State laying eight over on Bet US. Uh, next up, we got the Orlando Magic versus the Minnesota Timberwolves. It's, uh, of course, taking place in Minnesota. Uh, and yeah, sorry, officially lock it up for me. Golden State minus eight. Uh, Magic are getting seven and a half, uh, plus 256 on the money line. Total sitting at 211 and a half. Considered uh, playing the Magic because I do, I, overall, I like this Magic team. It's a little tough. It's a non conference road spot. Maybe the number's not quite high enough. And Normally when I'm taking the dog, I like to make a case for them to be able to win the game outright, which I think maybe is a bit of a stretch um, for this magic team. We'll start with you, shark. How say you and magic T-Wolves? Yeah. Eight o'clock here at target arena. We're taking the first quarter with Minnesota at minus two and a half. Cause Sean, I think, I think you could be onto something with the, the uh, agreeability for Orlando for the game, but I really think honing into these spots, these really tight window spots, is much more than just deciding you want to fire a 12-minute bet and be out the door. It's really how teams perform quarter to quarter, home and road. And Minnesota is 4-2 ATS first quarter at home against the East. And those four covers were teams like Orlando. Orlando is actually at the back end of their full sample against the Western Conference on the road. They've already played 12 games out of the West. So we are data abundant here. They are 8-4 ATS for the game, very effective, but they are 5-7 ATS in the first quarter. And this team just doesn't come out with big juice on the road in the first quarter really ever, unless the opponent is notably terrible. A few of those covers in that 5-7 window, they beat the Clippers in the first quarter where the Clippers scored 13 points and Orlando scored 18. And there were a couple other ones where Orlando was actually terrible, but the other team was somehow worse. So it's actually a fraudulent five and seven. They could easily be two and ten in this spot. And 
If you actually go through the last three matchups between these teams, as you said, out of conference, but I do think that there is a deep consistency going on here. Minnesota purely brings more energy in the first quarter when they play Orlando. The last three times, Minnesota was up 42-24 to at the end of the first, 34-27 at the end of the first, and 33-16 at the end of the first. I think it continues tonight. It's just not where Orlando brings it early. Love this spot early. One unit, Minnesota first quarter minus two and a half. Yeah. I mean, I do. There is that, uh, the fun of just the, uh, the 12 minute bet on the first quarter, getting you, getting you ready to go for a Friday night. Uh, uh Hey honey, I don't have time to sweat the entire game. Uh, we're still going to go to the movies, but I want to watch this, uh, Minnesota first quarter, uh, before we head out and, but laying out a good case about why the magic might come out a little flat here. Uh, how's, how's you junior, uh, magic T wolves. Yeah, I took Minnesota on the money line, um, and I'll keep this short, too. Minnesota's just not in a position to lose games to teams that are not on their level, which they did in Ant, uh, sorry, in Cat's uh, infamous 62-point game where he gets benched. Uh, <laughs> they then lose to San Antonio by one point a couple of games ago. Uh, and I would say that I'm out on them, but I've been watching them pretty closely, and they've picked up two pretty impressive wins against Oklahoma City, uh, a direct rival where um, my boy Ant said, uh, F, you re- F the referees, it was eight against five and all that, uh, letting that George- Georgia boy come out in him. Uh, he's going to have to chill with that because yeah. uh, if you if you want referees to turn against you, keep calling them out, bro. Oh, yeah. That's um, <laughs> yeah, so, but that all of that being said, I just think that, uh, Ant's game has gone to another level. Uh, I keep bringing up the same point over and over that they don't have a point guard really with Conley uh, being hurt and also just being advanced in age. The last couple of games I've seen Ant grow as a playmaker. And, and if he's going to take on that responsibility and start getting over five assists a game while still scoring efficiently, their team is going to go to a whole new level. Um, and Cat who I mentioned had one of the most embarrassing things that I've ever seen happen to a player in that Charlotte game. Since then, he's averaging 25 points a game on 50%, 57% shooting. So that could have gone, gone one or two ways. He could have sulked and said, hey, you disrespected me. I'm still a star in this league. What other star in this entire league would have that happen to them? Only him, really. Nobody, no other yeah, coach would, you know what I mean? Like, no other coach would embarrass another star like that. So he could have went the other way, and he's chosen to be the bigger man and step up his performance. If you look at that division, it's the best division in basketball. Minnesota have 34 wins. OKC have 33 wins. Denver have 33 wins. There is no margin for error in that division. So give me Minnesota on the money line because, like you guys both pointed out, Orlando laying this many points against Orlando, that it's pretty dodgy. Uh, yeah. I, I feel much more comfortable taking them on the money line. Parlay yeah, with you, Phoenix. You you pointed out a a good point here. Like if Minnesota does go on a run here in the Western Conference playoffs, I wouldn't be shocked if we look back and go, you know, that benching was a real wake up call for uh, Ant there, and and he has handled it well. I mean, certainly fun to make fun of him for uh, putting up sixty two and then getting benched, but he's he's taken it in stride and hasn't. Yeah, we've seen it go other ways for some uh, NBA stars. So uh, lock it up for Junior on the T Wolves on the money line, and lock it up for Shark, who likes the T Wolves just in the first quarter, lane two and a half. And of course, T Wolves a part of the money line parlay with the Suns there for Junior. Uh, next up, we got the Charlotte Hornets heading down to Oklahoma City. 
uh, square off against the Thunder. Thunder are laying 16 points. I mean, wow, what a year where the Thunder are laying are 16 point favorites in an NBA game. I mean, I get it. I <laughs> I can't I can't uh, tell you the the number should be any different. Hornets are plus 820 in a single game against the Hornets. Just kind of crazy uh, how far we've gotten with how bad this Hornets team is and. Uh, how good this Thunder team has looked, particularly at home. Total sitting at two twenty-five and a half. Yeah, sixteen-point spread. I don't see myself firing a ton uh, on this side or total, just because it's it's so wonky. I mean, honestly, I may just put ten bucks on the on the Hornets just to see what happens because it's one basketball game. But um, yeah, I I can't really make a case either way, side or total. Junior, how say you in this matchup? Uh, I've got team total Oklahoma City over 60 and a half, and I'll keep that pretty simple too. They've yeah. been uh, one of the best first half teams in the league all season. Uh, that has gone down a tick, uh, but that is mostly because they've been horrendous in the first half in the road in the last 30 days. At home, they're still a top four offen- uh, team in terms of net rating. They're a top offense in the first half, and the Charlotte Hornets are just, just seem to be getting worse. It looks like LaMelo's going to miss this game. Without LaMelo, they don't really have a playmaker. Uh, no disrespect to Ish Smith, but he's still coming off the bench, even though he's the only point guard left on the roster, Just which tells its own story, right? Um, when I look at Charlotte, um, they're a team... Oh, by the way, that's the other thing, sorry. Uh, their coach. I'm very interested to see how they react to being called trash by their coach. <laughs> Yes. Because th- let's just be real, and we we know this in professional sports. When when players know a coach is not going to be around, they don't exactly play according to his instructions. They play according to their own personal agendas. There's no way you could look at the Charlotte Hornets coach and think he's the guy for the future. He was a stopgap from the moment he signed on the dotted line. And now he turns around and says, we have a clear lack of talent. Well, no shit, Captain Obvious. Obviously, you have a clear lack of talent, but you didn't have to say that out loud. So <laughs> I could see a situation where Hornets players are like, oh, you think that's bad? You think what you've seen is bad? Watch this. And and they could really start going in the wrong direction. Um, but shout out to them for taking Brandon Miller real quick over Scoot Henderson because that <laughs> looks like they avoided even more disaster there. Yeah, I mean – dodged a bullet um, for sure. Yeah. I mean, the Hornets coach saying our problem is we're uh, we're not talented enough. It would just be like, how do you come back from that? To your point, like maybe we get one FU game from the Hornets players, but I think in general, it's bad signs for the season. I mean, that'd that'd be like going to marriage counseling and be like, the problem with my wife is she's unattractive. Like, yeah, we can't really, we, we, uh, this is kind of where we're at. We're not all of a sudden going to wake up tomorrow and be talented. I would not, I would not recommend that line in uh, marriage counseling or any sort of, it's like they are who they are as players. You can't just say they're not talented. Um, Yeah. I mean, also, even if you just said, we need to add more talent to the roster. That at least implies you have some talent, but to go out of your way to say we're untalented um, is really just, uh, yeah, I, I, I don't know. I, I, when I saw that quote, I'm like, he must've been misquoted, but I watched the press conference. I'm like, no, uh, that's what he said. Shark, how say you on this Hornets thunder? Uh, I don't, I don't know what the ratings are going to be on this game. It's only gamblers watching this one. Yeah. True story there. I mean, <laughs> You guys said it. It could go kind of either way because Charlotte, 
obviously is not particularly talented, but sometimes they do get jolted by comments like that. Like they yeah. just get angry and say, all right, like screw this guy. Like let's at least show some quality. And, you know, I was going through this last night and I found something super interesting. You guys probably remember Charlotte beat Minnesota in recent history on the road. Uh, they, they beat Minnesota 128 to 125 as a significant underdog, like plus 15. The Hornets have beat in Minnesota three straight games outright. So maybe that wasn't so surprising. And they've also beaten Oklahoma City five straight games. Sean, you'd probably be surprised to hear that, right? Yeah. Yeah, I was shocked, actually. And so I think Charlotte, for whatever reason, competes against Oklahoma City. Of course, this number is all over Oklahoma City. Like, the books like Oklahoma City here. This is a blowout line. But, again, it was a blowout line for Minnesota against against Charlotte. And they just scrapped it together in the fourth quarter and whatever. So I couldn't get there. And just final point on the game, the Thunder on a, in recent history, I believe it was about a month ago, they beat – Portland, 139-77. to 77. I mean, if this team wants to blow Charlotte out tonight, they can literally win this game by 70 points. And I'm not exaggerating. We've seen some of these blowouts in recent history. You guys remember actually Memphis beat, I believe it was Oklahoma City, by 75 points two or three years ago? And this is these are the type of teams that will blow out other teams. Young teams, beginning of their arc, no championship, against guys in their age window, where yeah. they just say, you know what? We're so much better than you guys. We want to beat you down. So Oklahoma City can win this game by 50 points. Just put it that way. It just it's, This is more dependent on the Charlotte mental makeup tonight. Yeah. Yeah, this could uh, – I don't know. The, um, the more we talk about it, the more I'm kind of intrigued just to see – uh, what happens in this in this matchup with this crazy big spread? Log it up officially for Junior on the Thunder first half team total over sixty and a half. And of course, uh, we got one more game here. But don't forget, uh, make sure you check out the Bet US NFL Pick Show, getting you ready for the Super Bowl. Uh, they already did their early uh, Super Bowl look, and then next week they're going to do their full Super Bowl preview with all the picks, everything. You got Las Vegas, Chris. You got Steve Fezzik. You got my boy Jared Smith. Uh, very sharp group. Very uh, talented. Tons of info on the Super Bowl. Who doesn't want to get down on the Super Bowl? And uh, make sure you check out their show. Very fun show um, uh, to check out. And subscribe to all the BetUS shows. Bunch of great stuff out here. Uh, next up, we got the Portland Trailblazers versus the Denver Nuggets. Right now, the Nuggets, as you would expect, big favorites, laying 12 and a half. Portland plus 550, total sitting at 220 and a half. Yeah, for me, it was Nuggets or pass, but I, I ended up passing. Couldn't couldn't quite get there. The Nug- I, guess, I guess I worry sometimes the Nuggets... They coast a little bit, but um, I would, you know, if I had to choose a side, I would, I would get down on the Nuggets here, even though it is a little out of my comfort zone as far as what I'm looking to lay. But how say you, Shark Blazers Nuggets? What do we like? Yeah, I'll let the graphic open so we can see this beautiful act oh, here on a Friday afternoon in February. Go to Ball Arena, taking the Denver Nuggets at minus twelve and a half. And you know, Sean, you said it. This line is telling you a story. It's very heavy, and it's. It's very heavy for a reason. Denver is 15-7 and ATS at home, and they're particularly good coming off a road loss. And they did just lose at Oklahoma City in their previous game on Wednesday night. And I think this is even more specific to a situational fade of Portland. 
Portland is a little too hot right now. They're six and three ATS last nine, five and four straight up, and they're coming off of probably their biggest win of the entire season. Damian Lillard returns to Portland, and these Blazers turn up and beat the Bucks one nineteen to one sixteen, and it gets even better than that. The previous game, they blew out the Sixers by 26 points. And you go back to the middle of January, they did a very similar thing. They beat Brooklyn at home, and then they had a huge win against Indiana at home, both as an underdog against the Eastern Conference. They were off of this high at home, and they went on the road to the Lakers on January 21st. And the Lakers laid a very similar number, minus 11 and a half. And the Lakers hammered down on Portland. 134 to 110. Portland was really hot on the road early season. Nine and five ATS first 14. They are three and nine since. They are cratering down to where they should be under 500 ATS on the road. And if you go through those games for anybody that wants to look at their calendar, really some blowouts on that list. And speaking of blowouts, the last time these teams played, it was January 17, 2023 in Denver. Denver did cover the spread. Very close. Uh, The spread was minus eight and a half. Denver got them 122 to 113. However, similar to what I was saying about the Miami game where Miami melted off a 25-point lead, Denver was up 119 to 99 in that game with less than four minutes to go and just melted it and held on. And now books are moving the line up from eight and a half to 12. This is a margin line. This is suggesting Denver wins this game on average by 16 points. Last game on the card here, Friday night, nine o'clock. Love Denver, official, minus 12.5. Yeah, big number, but uh, making a solid case for the Nuggets at home. Junior, anything to toss in here? Blazers, Nuggets? No, I couldn't get there. It seems like a sleepy spot because these guys play this weird uh, home and home. Uh, They play in Denver tonight, and then they play in Denver again on Sunday. Uh, I... if I can do a rock impression, I smell late injury additions <laughs> not being put on the injury report. Uh, Jokic's back is going to start acting up. Uh, Murray's hamstring. <laughs> a lot of stuff is going to start acting up. Now, all of that being said, uh, because Denver have the continuity of being in the Mike Malone system for over a half a decade, um, and I think the way they've gone about their business they could still win this game by margin, even without one of those two guys. Um, they're that good, in my opinion, which goes to the Sean's point. They kind of just sleepwalk through games because I feel like they just know in crunch time, they're going to make the plays that are necessary to win the game. Um, so I say all of that to say I didn't see a clear angle, especially with this home and home. I kind of want to see what's going to happen tonight and probably bet it on Sunday. Yeah, I mean, I do like uh, I do like Junior's angle of kind of, I mean, if Portland did cover, if they played really good to 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 have Denver in the bounce back or kind of vice versa, depending. I, I assume that's what you're getting at. Kind of seeing what happens here and then, and then well, yeah, and- well, because because the thing is, uh, to Shark's point, Portland have been super frisky. I mean, yeah. the thing with Portland is that it's not like they don't have talent. Jeremy Grant is a 20 point per game scorer in this league. Brent, uh, what's his name? Brent, um, from, from the Bucks, um, um, the point guard. 
Brogdon, sorry. Brogdon's a professional basketball player. He was one of the most important Celtics last year before the playoffs. We yeah. won't mention what happened in the playoffs. Uh, <laughs> Anthony Simons can go bananas at any point. Like It's not like they don't have guys. So I just don't love that element of it, and it makes me nervous for a big spread. And again, what might be a look-ahead spot or a sleepy spot, I'll call it that, for the Denver Nuggets. All right, so uh, fair enough there. Shark, lock it up for him on the Nuggets, minus 12 and a half. And uh, shout out to Senor Football saying, great show, fellas. First time tuning in. We'll definitely be back. Also, first, uh, I mean, sh- hats off to you, Senor Football. That is an amazing, again, does sound like a uh, pseudonym I would use at some point in my name. Hola, me, me llamo Senor Football. I love that. Uh, shout out to you. And yeah, we're here every Monday through Friday, 9 a.m. Pacific, noon east. A uh, bunch of great handicappers and myself giving out a ton of free NBA picks. Uh, before we get to, oh, oh yeah, and of course, uh, perfect time to check out the questions and answer section. We answer uh, everyone's questions, get to as many as we can. Kev, a uh, new member here, saying thoughts on Capella rebounds. Minus one twenty eight over nine and a half. Uh, let's see. They're, well, they're at home. I mean, his. I, I looked his rebounds up. He's hit this last four out of his five games. He's gone uh, double digits. Nine and a half feels very doable. I mean, you are paying a little bit of juice there at minus one twenty eight. But Suns take a bunch of shots. Uh, yeah, I would. I would say uh, I would lean to the over on that one. Uh, any thoughts here, Junior, on Capella rebounds? I mean, it's below his average, right? So that's a good start. Um, yeah. The Phoenix Suns don't have, you know, um, it's like the, the Phoenix Suns have a, ta- a ton of uh, resistance for him, and he's gone double-digit rebounds in five of his last seven games. So, I mean, I, I would that actually looks like a pretty sharp play. Uh, I, I like I like the over there. Yeah, tough to uh, tough to disagree with that one. There, uh, appreciate it. Um, Damien wants to say, do we dare take Hornets and this under talented team first quarter spread plus five and a half. I mean, now we're talking a little bit here because this is an interesting and I'll give this one to shark shark. How say you, because if there is a spot uh, where Charlotte's going to come out pumped up, like, Hey, we're not losers coach. We're going to show you. And they're getting five and a half in a first quarter. I think junior, you You've said you normally don't like laying more than what two, two and a half in a first quarter. Uh, two um, and a half is is the number. Three is my, my limit. Anything over three, I'm probably going to take the points. Yeah, five and a half for a first quarter spread. That's to me, nuts. It's, it's kind of crazy. But if you like that emotional angle of them with a chip on their shoulder, maybe the game or the full game's too much. But the first quarter isn't. Shark, any uh, any thoughts on this first quarter market? I mean, again, I think the psychology is hard to figure out because I do think yeah. it's a great narrative. And I'd say to our guy, Damien, you know, when you're asking yourself that question, do I dare take this bet? Maybe <laughs> you're getting a little out of line yeah. of responsible betting because Oklahoma City is absolutely elite in the first quarter at home. And that game that I mentioned against Portland where they blew them out by 50-something points, when they turn up, it comes early and often. And just as much as we like some sort of potential jolt with the Hornets, you do have to remember Oklahoma City has lost five straight games to the Hornets. Yeah. So 
you know, these, these coaches, they, they use that as motivation in the locker room. I mean, it's very real. And Mark Danielle is a great coach. He's a, I mentioned this before. He was a Billy Donovan guy with at, at Florida, came up as an assistant uh, at UConn in 2004, 5, and 6 under Jim Calhoun. So this guy is bred under old type of coaches, authoritarians, army guys. It's why the team balls like they do. The coach has a grip over these guys. And if he tells them, look, guys, we've lost five straight to this team. Are we kidding? They could come out and hammer them. So just as much as the narrative is on Charlotte, it's also on Oklahoma City. So, Damian, we love the question, but sometimes it's just not great. Yeah, add something to that, by the way, Sean. Sorry to cut you off. No, no, no. Um, So Charlotte's the worst first quarter offense in the league. They average 26 points a game. But they're still only minus 2.8. So they only lose first quarters by 2.8 points per game. So even the worst offense in the league still hangs around that three-point first quarter margin. Anything over three, you're treading in deep waters there. So uh, here's here's how actually, now that we've we've talked this out a little bit, I think to me, the way I would play it, and maybe I will do a, a small play on this, is I think it's either to Shark's point, it's either going to go really good for the Hornets and be like, hey, you know, we don't stink. We're going to come out fired or the complete opposite. Hey, we actually do stink. Our coach said we stunk and the Thunder are at home and they're really fired up. I think maybe the way to play it is if you think Charlotte might surprise some people, then just take first quarter money line, right? Because, you know, the covering of the five and a half. You're gonna be you're gonna be annoyed if they end up winning the first quarter because you're like I knew they would come out great, but then covering that five and a half, it's still like just a minus one ten bet. So why to even your point, you say do we dare? You you realize you're being a little bit of you're being a little cute here and, and trying to like outthink the market. Why not just you know do it with the the money line because then you'll actually get you know the the extra payout there. So the more I think about it, I would say instead of like putting your normal first quarter play, I would just uh, do a smaller amount on a sprinkle for the money line. That's how I, that's how I'd break it down. But you know, I like rolling the dice here. Uh, next up, we got Jace gum in the chat. Always uh great hearing from you, Jace. He wants to know, can we discuss Kings Pacers side and total? Yeah. One of the few games uh, we did not get to on the sheet. Pacers of course came up uh, just short against the Knicks. Uh, I was laying three. Uh, I think uh, someone I'm blanking who else on the show had um, Nick's minus three. Oh yeah. Shark. You were, you were also on the Nick's minus three. They were down. Then they came back. Uh, Pacers almost ended up back door in it. Uh, fun game though. Honestly, to watch uh, this Pacers team is pretty fun in general. I'm not seeing uh are you guys seeing a spread? It's, two, it's uh, the totals two forty eight and a half. The spread okay. is uh, Kings minus three. Because I bet this, I bet the under this morning. So that's why I know what the total is. Oh, okay, you're right. So Pacers are a three point home dog. Um, they're coming off the back to back against New York, but I don't know. I I would I would go. Um, it wasn't something obviously that was jumping out of my card, but uh, I I I just like this Pacers team in general. I I'm not looking to take the Kings as road favorites, especially in the spot. I know it's a tough spot travel wise, you know, uh, back to back, and they were in New York. Now they're back home, but uh, yeah, I would uh, I would take the Pacers plus three. Uh, Shark, how see you? Yeah, this is an interesting conversation because we've detailed this for a couple months now. Indiana was horrible 
on the back end of a back-to-back, yeah. and they were great on the front end. And oftentimes these trends reverse, and I think you might be starting to see a reversal. Because last night in the front end, they did not cover, and that's where they've been great. So oftentimes when a team starts to not cover where they used to cover, they also will cover where they didn't cover, and that would be the back end. And this line is very short. Uh, Sacramento did take a loss at home to Indiana on January 18th, 126-121, and Sacramento was laying eight and a half points there. And this comes down to one and a half at open. And as I always say, the book lines, uh, the book's like Indiana here. Uh, they think it's super short for Sacramento. And I do think Indiana will probably turn up here more than people think on the back end of a back-to-back. I uh, wanted to look and see what happened last year with the Kings. I know the Kings have been awful in the first quarter, specifically at Eastern time. And um, they've taken a couple losses this year on the road early just because they don't come out at all. So I was thinking Indiana in the first quarter, but I didn't, I didn't love that because – uh, Indiana came out so hot last night at the Knicks. Oftentimes, they don't back it up two nights in a row. Uh, look at last year. Okay, so last year in Indiana, Indiana won the game 107-104. Uh, it was a first quarter, 28-27 Pacers. Pacers turned them up in the second quarter. Same line there. Sacramento was laying one and a half points there. So let that tell you a bit of a story. Sacramento last year, one and a half row, did lose, did lose the first half. So I think Indiana first half could be a good look. Uh, we would not talk on the Sacramento here, though. Junior, uh, last uh, last thing here. You said you you were on the under. So quickly, uh, what do you what do you why'd you like the uh, under in this Pacers Kings game? Uh, these two teams played two weeks ago, approximately, and the game ended at two forty seven. Um, so right under this total, and I think with the Pacers in a back to back situation plus travel on top of it being their third game in four nights, it's just not a great spot for them. I know Halliburton played last night, but only played twenty minutes. And after being off for like three weeks, you're not going to play in back-to-back situations. So yeah. I don't, yeah, I don't see him being around. I'm pretty sure Matherin is out. So it's just not a great spot. And the Kings are not last year's Kings. Last year's Kings were the most efficient offense in the league. This year's Kings are not. This year's Kings are 14th in offensive efficiency. So it's not like the Kings can't have a bad night. Um, and they don't really play at the like you would assume that they play at a super fast pace, but they're like 12th in pace. So I just think that. Indiana is likely to play at, play at a slower pace than normal. Uh, the last game that they played with Sacramento was more like that. Both teams had, a, I think, 99 or 100 possessions. I think we get under 100 possessions today, which leads, leads has me leaning to the under 248.5. All right. Yeah, uh, that's for Pacers-Kings. Uh, again, appreciate everyone in the chat. Uh, got to as many questions as we got to. If we didn't get to your questions, apologies. We'll make sure uh, you guys are front of the queue for Monday's show. Got to wrap this up. Uh, before we do, of course, uh, let's uh, lock in on our best bets. And we got a bunch of them for the Friday night slate. Shark likes the Heat laying eight. He likes the T Wolves in the first quarter, minus two and a half in the Nuggets, minus 12 and a half against the Blazers. I'm on the Suns. Minus three and a half. The Warriors minus eight. Uh, and uh, of course, Junior is on the Clippers team total over 124 and a half. He's parlaying the Suns money line and the T Bulls money line. Raptors team total under 113. And uh, Thunder first half team total over 60 and a half. Gentlemen, pleasure as always. Uh, always enjoy chopping it up. Uh, Shark, where can people check you out? Yeah, Sharks and Sports 88 on X Twitter, Sharky Waters Nation on YouTube. 
Looking at Monday's card, guys, we got more out-of-conference stuff. We're in that cluster. These are rare occurrences in the sport. So we'll be back on Monday. Junior, myself, and Sean. Sean, a pleasure as always, Junior. You are the man, my guy. Let's dominate this card. Have a great weekend, guys. Close them out, Sean. Let's go. You too, man. Uh, Junior, where can people check you out? Always here in Bet US. And like Sean mentioned, please check out the football show. Um, yesterday's episode, or sorry, Wednesday's episode was awesome. Just a lot of great nuggets about uh, prop bets and just different angles to take and how, you know, these guys always share so much knowledge on how sharps bet. So uh, it's definitely worth a watch. Love working with you guys and talking basketball. Uh, shout out to the chat, by the way. Someone in the chat just mentioned uh, that uh, if Minnesota wins, then their staff will be at the All-Star game. So even extra uh, motivation for Minnesota tonight. Uh, so we appreciate the chat always giving us nuggets like we try to do for you guys here on the show. And we'll see you guys on Monday. Yes, chat. Love you guys and gals. You are the real MVPs. Uh, you can check me out on Twitter at Sean T. Green. And I'll see you Monday, uh, 9 a.m. Pacific, noon east, here on the Bet US NBA Pick Show for Shark, for Junior, Sean Second Money Green. Let it ride.